This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. What's your sort of an education for our viewers? As you've started to get into the space, a lot of work is done to find a location. Maybe you could talk us through, you know, conventionally how, how retailers think about location and then how you guys have, uh, or you girls have thought about how to reach the target market here with, with sort of the analysis and research and metrics you look at. I'll give you an example, right? Like, um, you start at the most macro level. Like, if you're in multifamily, you know, you might be looking at things like population growth and the sort of um, the diversity of applicants when it comes to, you know, the jobs that they hold. Um, you look at the uh, employment statistics and then, you know, you'll, you'll zoom into each city from that. Uh, and then you'll really zoom into to see, okay, what, what is the major industry here? What are the average rents like? Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of work that goes on to, into buying a property ultimately, right? You're looking at the cost side. It's ultimately a function of NOI because in some ways you're building a business if you're buying an existing multifamily building. Now, how do retailers think about locations? And then on top of that, how do you think of your, your locations you want to be in? I think this is probably a good point to, or time to introduce um, to the conversation our screen space and this concept of the top DMAs in the nation being our initial target. So I think there's two major themes to highlight here. One is, again, our machines have 32 inch prominent uh, digital touch screens that serve programmatic and direct advertising campaigns when not being used as a point of sale. So a, a large part of our business and value that we deliver to brands and as a company is in capturing high CPM. So high value CPMs, we are you know digital out of home inventory. And so looking at and driving towards growth in the markets that have the highest value audience for brands and the top brands who are seeking to reach those uh, consumers is definitely driving our go-to-market and the, where we seek to have the network. The second is you know, comparing um, the density of a city. For instance, LA is a market that we will be in but is lower on our target list because it is a broad, sprawling city versus a high density where the network effect can take place quicker. We have more access to um, a consumer experiencing our product multiple times in their day as opposed to one where there's you know potentially more distance literally in mileage between machines so for us as a brand and as a network i would say those are two main drivers in terms of what we're seeking high density top dmas where we can have a network effect more quickly just 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 to jump in there could you define dma and cpm for viewers yeah, so designated market area. So you're really looking at New York City, Chicago. It's basically, if you think of the top 20 largest cities in the United States, those are your top DMAs. And on the CPM side? So cost per million. So that's effectively the unit with which the value of an advertising screen is measured. So you're looking at how many millions of eyeballs a single screen can actually capture. So as an example, to kind of differentiate between high and low value CPMs, a billboard in Times Square is gonna have a very high CPM value because it has access to millions upon millions of eyeballs. A you know 
digital sign in the middle of nowhere on the side of a highway, conversely, is going to have a very lower CPM value to it. So it's a very crude example, but just to give folks a sense of the difference. Exactly. And there's often a correlation um, that the more valuable something is, the higher the CPM it will be to advertise on that platform, right? A Super Bowl ad is going to have a very high effective CPM. And, and you know, there's, there's different metrics beyond CPM, but CPM is the easiest one to understand. And then, you know, you, you're, you're on a website and below the fold, there's a, a very annoying banner. Those CPMs can be cents, whereas CPM for premium top tier targeted publications can be in the hundreds or thousands of dollars. Um, which you know speaks to knowing your market, and I think the, the, the lingo in this industry. And I come from the marketing industry, so I, I appreciate it. you know every industry has its lingo, right? But I think you, you nailed it. DMAs and CPMs, two functions of you know the core metrics. Are there any other core metrics you you're sort of looking at in in this industry? So one of the things that our machines from the very beginning are equipped to do is actually collect aggregated data at more of a macro level around the demographic type in a space. So beyond just eyeballs, we're actually able to understand are they, you know, men or women, you know, roughly what is their age. And that type of data obviously helps us qualify the type of audience that a brand or advertiser would have access to, which as you can imagine, for us, we lean towards a younger female audience, um, but having the data to support that when speaking to our clients is very useful. And I think interesting, you know, one of the things we found last year, just as a separate point, but related, was the machines that we had live in public access locations actually saw fairly balanced traffic between men and women. So in those instances, you know, brands that traditionally are looking for more of a male audience were actually interested in advertising on our screen because we had a balanced kind of, I would say, gender ratio, so to speak. So there's definitely more data, as you know, once you kind of get into these discussions that you can collect and you can provide. But I would say at the highest level, the two main drivers for our go-to-market are really centered around kind of that CPM and the DMA conversation. I, I do think that as a retailer, since we are an digital out-of-home inventory, but we're also a retailer conversion. So, right, yeah, we, we're collecting all this data about who's, at the, who's passing by the machine. Those impressions are valuable whether they transact or not, which is great about our business, right? Those impressions take place if someone, you know, buys a face wipe or not because they've seen the advertising that's taking place on the screen. Um, but conversion is a metric that we are going to be monitoring closely. Obviously, COVID, uh, foot traffic was very low, conversion was very low. And so we are sort of on, you know, trending up, right, conversion for the number of people and the number of people who are interested and excited and engaging with our product and actually transacting and buying products at the machine. So we would like to see in our, across, you know, our portfolio of machines, obviously conversion be a number that we continue to improve. One thing there, and you've talked a little bit about how we compare or think about our business in the context of traditional retail. So just on the topic of conversion, if you walk by a brick and mortar store, as a human being in the 21st century, you know that if you walk into that store, you can buy things. One of the really interesting entrepreneurial learnings that we've had building this company and literally designing from scratch a now patented piece of hardware and invention is the fact that a lot of people don't actually know when they first see the machine, the SOS machine, 
that you can buy things from the machine. And so we as founders have had to spend a lot of time thinking through our call to action or CTAs on the screen itself to help educate people and let them know that you can actually buy things at this device. People assume it's a piece of art, which is a compliment to the design process, but I think as a retailer, you know, there are some learnings that we have ahead of us to really ensure that people understand that they can actually buy products from our machines. You know, advertising typically has been throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks and eventually it turned into, we're happy to spend money advertising. We know some of it works, we don't know which part of it works, so we have to keep spending across the whole spectrum. This is why brands started out by trying to really define their target audience. And the target audience means, you know, putting them into demographic profiles, and one of those, or two of the biggest factors are obviously gonna be age and uh, gender. I mean, there's more levels you can dig into there as well. Um, it's very hard though. It's been traditionally very hard to capture that type of data. And if you can provide with certainty, and, and you know, you, you might not be able to do it in traditional media, you might not be able to do it from a per impression basis or per user basis, but you can say, look, we had a sample of a panel and in the sample of, you know, a hundred people or a thousand people, this is, you know, how many people match your demographic audience. And this is one way that advertisers can prioritize, and advertisers also tend to allocate higher CPMs. I mean, we define CPMs here as cost per thousand or cost per mil. Um, so getting that data is gonna be key to unlocking the brands. In your world, we're not even dealing with something like, I don't think we are, right? We're not dealing with something like cookies, uh, or you know, a mobile app, they're walking by a screen. And the whole outdoor digital advertising space can be disrupted if, you can prove who looked at it and who they were. How do you think about solving that demographic challenge? So I think if we go back to the, the founding story and where the business was born and a peer, or I guess more than a peer, Captivate Network, so the elevator advertising. Um, you've probably all seen those screens and elevators. They have some uh, static data that's very valuable, maybe some jokes, quotes, and they also have advertising. And I think... The core of SOS being born in an office tower is that we have a very close read on exactly who's in that space, um, the, you know, the firms, the corporations, the tenants, the gender breakdown. So we actually, you know, basically use that premise in the Captivate model to say, like, we have as a starting point in many of these locations, a, you know, very quantifiable, very valuable, some of the highest CPMs in the market for digital out of home. Uh, base that we are building off of. And I think to the extent that, and this is a space that I think we'll see a lot of innovation and disruption because digital out of home faces this challenge everywhere, right? How do you actually quantify the impression and value the impression? And there are entrants into the marketplace who are using new technologies to ca capture impressions sometimes with, you know, face recognition technology or beacon reading devices, you know, some of which SOS is tapping into. And we as you know, leaders, or we hope to be leaders in this space, will continue to stay in lockstep with, you know, new entrants in that space so that we have, you know, the most valuable product in the market for brands to be working with. Let's talk about how to define uh, your target audience in particular. What does it take to build a company uh, that targets women? You're both female founders. You've really nailed a problem that is not intuitive at all to men. And men tend to be in the position of, you know, uh, investing decisions and even in real estate 
Talk us through talk us through what it takes to build a company targeting uh, women as an audience. So I definitely would agree it helps to be women. Um, people assume we know a little bit about the problem that we're trying to solve. Um, <laughs> so we have some authority when we go into meetings with men about it. But I would say that over the last four years that we've been building this company, building relationships with these decision makers has really come down to having very honest discussions and in some cases actually performing site walkthroughs and showing them what women face today when they're out of the home in a public bathroom. And a lot of the men that actually end up, you know, joining us on those walkthroughs are really embarrassed and apologize that they don't have a better solution. And that creates a really, I think, exciting group of stakeholders and folks that are kind of rallying around us and supporting us and introducing us to their peers at other locations to really get these machines into all of the spaces that Susanna outlined earlier. And I think one of the you know beautiful things of having a mission-driven company is people get really excited about that, right? They wanna be supporting and helping the cause. They wanna make sure that their buildings are introducing this new standard as an amenity for their employees or clients or patrons, depending on the space. So I would say it took some really honest, in some cases, you know, deprecating conversations at the onset, but we've built this really incredible group of people that are now evangelizing what SOS is doing, which is really exciting. And I think it's breaking open a very authentic discussion about what women need when they leave the house. And I'll just add to that and say that at the end of the day, money talks. So SOS, we are doing great things for women and changing the way women will, you know, live, work, and play outside the home. But we're also introducing really exciting commercial opportunities for, you know, these spaces and commercial properties to work with us on. So um, our network of machines is driving not just like brand equity and value with you know, female employees and customers, but also like commercial opportunities that these real estate owner managers and corporate tenants can actually participate in with SOS. So incentivizing um, with a mission-based company is, you know, I feel like a great conversation to be having right now.